0: to the All Things Geekery podcast. This is episode 17 of season three, The Sounds of Cinema. I'm your host, Detached. Hey, guys, and I'm Victus. Well, guys, we want to welcome all our listeners back to the show. And if it's your first time with us, well, then we thank you for stopping in and joining us. We hope you guys enjoy this episode.
1: In this episode, we're first going to cover the impact that soundtracks have on the success of movies and how they connect you to the scene that you're watching. Then we're going to get into some of our top composers and also cover what we think are some of our best tracks from our favorite movies. So I don't know that anybody, well, the majority of movie watchers actually go back and think about how much like they get them watching like a really awesome action movie, or their you know great comedy or well, or story movie, it's per se, and they come out of there goes, "You know what?" That was some great music. But <laughs> I think uh, if they did I it th- wrong, they would notice it.: I think the super nerds probably
0: do, yes. Right,, Since, super nerds. So,
1: but not the, the majority.
0: <laughs> Not the majority. Hence why we're now doing a podcast on this. So I think that we've just been classified as the super nerds.
1: Yeah, that was your self inflicted on that.
0: It was self inflicting on that. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> but I do agree. Not too many people go to the movies to say, hey, I want to see what composers put the music together for this movie.
1: Right. They don't. And no. they don't, thinking back to even the list that's coming up, when I first watched those movies, I came out of this like, man, that was an awesome scene of that movie when so and so did that, when this happened. But what really, like, if you remove the music from that particular scene that I really enjoyed, it would have landed like a dull thud.
0: Yeah. Well, then that's the cool thing. So if you take, I, I don't know, any genre of of movie, and there's been a lot of people who have done this over the years, especially with horror films. Um, yep. This was something that we did in um, a lot of our creative communication classes, um, our creative writing in any of the audio visual classes that I've done in college long, long, long time ago. Uh, but one of the things that we had to do was explanation of audio visual and the tie in that music and sounds created. So we had to write a paper on this. It was actually a really cool subject to do. Um, one of the films that I chose was the shining. So okay. all you who all you horror fans out there, it, it was to actually take a scene from the shining and the original score that was made for it with the the piercing violins, and it just kind of gave you this bone chill and and gave you the goosebumps when you heard the music that went with the sound. But it was also to take the same scene and then replay it with a whole different set of music and watch how a what was intended to be a scary scene now was turned into... Uh, like a frolically sounding choir. <laughs> I like it, think it was the same movie. It just, everybody was like, wow, this is a complete shift, a complete change in the atmosphere. And it wasn't because the video changed. It was because of the music that had changed. So I think that just goes to show how powerful music is in general. I mean, it, it touches this on an emotional level, a physical level. I think it just, it brings people into this mode. I mean, if you're if you're going to work out or if you're in your car listening to music, I mean, music's all around us, so I think when we when we think films, yeah, I want to go watch this action-packed film, I want to watch this epic film, but like you said, it would probably land with a, a dull thud if we didn't have those epic soundtracks on the back end.
1: Well, and you you pointed out probably the one One of the parts of cinema that is most reliant on a really good soundtrack or some could argue sound effects, but it's all there. The violins, the pianos playing in the minor key, the soundtrack of off key is the horror, right? They're not memorable, but in the scenes that they come into play, they set it they build up to it and uh th- to the people running away to-, to the chase scenes to the the scary effects to whatever is happening on scene that it is almost i mean you-, you could say you could take away the visual and you could still have a really scary horror movie with just the music
0: oh absolutely well, and, and you made a really good point. Uh, you said sound effects, and it's not really anything that we had in our topics for tonight. We were talking soundtracks, but the sound effects within a movie, I think, are just as crucial uh, to setting up how the music plays in. You know, you look at the collaboration that happens in, on a film, and I've never been a part of a large-scale production film before. I've been on really small-scale things. Um, you know, I, I've seen some production-level stuff, and I've seen some music video production stuff before, but it's been really small scale, nothing, you know, epic cinema style. Um, but one of those things that you said for the sound effects, um, that was something that I always wanted to do was to be a folly artist. And that's what, uh, that's what, that's what that basically complements. So a folly artist is to, replace a sound that is recorded on a, on a set during filming that is known to, to our ears as whatever that sound might be like um, lightning. But if they don't actually have lightning, then a folly artist is to create that sound effects using materials of some sort. So I think those sound effects play in just as important as the music does. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But you could say, um, you know that that brings the that that brings the scene to life, right? That that oh, adds yeah, the yeah. character characteristic to the scene. Absolutely. Um, I would I, I would say it brings it to life. But then you have the story being told by the music uh, along the way. Whether it's um, you're in a very sad scene, so you bring out the the violins or the the string instruments. Or, mm-hmm. or 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 soft tone drums however it may be each one of those instruments brings out a different emotion depending on how you play it if it's a yeah. battle scene it's real deep drums uh if it's um, <laughs> yeah. majestic you have you bring in the choir you bring in the the horned instruments like uh, the
0: exotic instruments yeah the exotic
1: instruments for for those epic um landscape
0: spanning scenes you see in all the great movies. Isn't it funny how we tie specific instruments because of what cinema has done throughout the years, we tie certain instruments into specific categories of what's going to happen. Like you said, you know, the, like the drums are for the big battles and stuff. I don't know. It's just cool how our brains associate certain things. And that's why, that's another reason I wanted to do this specific podcast is because um, music, I think is truly at the heart of every single thing that we do. Yeah. I agree. I mean, if we, if we watch movies, it's music. I mean, music is usually what starts and it captivates our hearts. It catches our attention. It gives us the goosebumps. I mean, we listen to music in our cars. We listen to music while we're streaming. We listen to music while we're working. Uh, I mean, music is just everywhere. So I think it, this this was just kind of a a cool little uh segue to to some of the bigger films and and you said something really key is those instruments that these composers started using i don't know it kind of becomes its its own film in general like a director is using that camera to set up a a love scene or a, an action scene or whatever type of landscape photography that he wants to see. These composers are seeing these instruments and, and the, the musicians that play them, I think in the same style of manner, like you said, the the violins to the trumpets, to the, the tubas, everything that you can think of. He's got a place for it in his mind and the way he shifts that around. I don't know. It's on a whole new level and a, a different level that I could ever think on.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they know from how we've for one, like, like you mentioned where we've come to associate because of previous composers, certain sounds with certain emotions in a movie. And so if we were doing a grand spanning landscape or an emotional scene, it wasn't, it was fast paced drums with guitars or anything like that. It wouldn't fit. Right. Um, by nature those have a feel to them but then also as we've watched cinema over the years we've become accustomed to hearing certain music uh, styles during certain parts of the movie we expect it and if it's not there then it seems off Yeah. sometimes sometimes they're still getting creative with their music and pulling off feats are like you know what I wasn't expecting that, but that works that that fits that pot spot. So, but yeah, um, most of our list have, have talent in that area had just blown away their, their areas. Um, I guess we can go ahead and get started into your list of composers that you have, which I wholly agree. I, I, would have put two in my list, but you already had him in yours.
0: <laughs> That's funny because I figured, I figured we were going to cross paths as far as the composers that we both liked. Um, now, you said something really key at the beginning of this. is Not too many people go into watching a movie and thinking, I love the music that came from that, but I have always been drawn to instrumental music more than I have the cultural music, like pop, rap. Any, anything with the words behind it. I love all types of music. I really do. But I was like a soundtrack guy back in the day. I used to just enjoy the, the composers. Um, I've actually been to a few um, actual live scored um, music sessions to where you know they open it up for the audience. You could buy tickets and go in and you could listen to the composers talk about the music And and listen to kind of their their heart behind why they created it It was it was really it was just kind of a cool uh, function to go to and watch how these guys interacted. But uh, yeah, some of these composers, I think they they are just part of the the movie genre. So all across the board, you guys probably know, uh, and probably not a surprise to a lot of you if you know me. um, Then this first composer is really well known across the board and one of his biggest things ever is the Lord of the Rings soundtrack and the Hobbit trilogy and that is Howard Shore um, probably one of the most profound composers in the industry but uh yeah not a surprise that uh, Lord of the Rings would show up on the top of my list
1: well and that's I just kind of looking over the guy's kind of background and he has some notable um, movies, I would say, of the
0: profile or <laughs> um, nerd definitely. following of Lord of the Rings. Just, yeah, definitely not the calling, same caliber. There we go. Yeah, definitely not the same caliber by any means.
1: But that's really that—that that is his standout. Is has been the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit
0: yeah. um, trilogies. Yeah, he's extremely well known, and if I remember right, has around eighty plus films under his belt for the composer of.
1: There's definitely a list. Now, I don't. I honestly don't recognize a lot of them in this list here. Um, yeah, he's got some like he did Twilight Saga Eclipse. He did <laughs> yeah. the first King Kong, not the Skull Island. Um, right. Looks like he was of Hugo, which
0: decent movie yeah. there. It was a very good movie. Yeah. Now, I will say from a music standpoint, I was not a Twilight movie fan, but I did really enjoy the music that they they put to the movies. And and Howard Shore had a lot to do with that. Yeah, very cool. He
1: he was just a master of uh, what he pulled off with the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit.
0: Um, Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. Just
1: great Uh, stuff.
0: I don't. I don't know. the the There were, were so many parts of that movie. I, I spent hours upon hours just kind of thinking, r- really, what do we want to put on here? There's so many different things. I mean, I don't know. I think it was probably tough for both of us to come up with our list. It was. It was absolutely. The, the composers, think- not so much. No, no, no. Uh, the composers, not so much. I think that's definitely the easier part.
1: Yeah, the it was songs, the individual tracks.
0: <laughs> the individual tracks. Oh my gosh, it was so hard for me. I probably, I probably spent three days picking all the different songs just for this, just for this podcast. So, yeah, uh, a couple of, a couple of other big composers that you guys probably know, um, Hans Zimmer, is probably one of the top known composers in the music industry. Um, Interstellar. Dark Knight trilogy, basically any big film that has ever come out usually has Hans Zimmer's name tied to it for composing. It's really good. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, he's known for the Star Trek theme um, around the motion picture, and then this is probably one of the lesser known. And I threw I threw this guy on here because I'm a huge fan. Um, any epic movie or even soundtrack from some of the games out there Um, these guys have really just kind of put their foot in the door and been a huge success and his name is thomas Burgesson and he is one of the co-founders from two steps from hell if you guys have never heard their music or listened to them, i definitely definitely uh suggest you go download some stuff from them they are really really good
1: probably the most used for gaming trailers. Yes. I, well, I even I say that and I've heard their music pop up in um movie trailers, especially regarding around oh, action. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah.
0: big time epic action films. These guys have got their foot in the door.
1: Yep. Yep. So, um Yeah, so that's Dope.
0: That's yours. That's, that is yes. That is my list of composers. Now I could probably list off a bunch more, but these <laughs> are really, really my top favorites. Anytime I look at soundtracks and what um, music I, I tend to lean towards, and the sound and 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 just the the way everything's put together, these guys keep standing out. So that's my list.
1: Yeah, and looking back at my list, I have a couple in here I've included. That I'm gonna call them out, but honestly, I have them in the list because of tracks I put down in our like select songs. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm gonna go with my first two as the composers because you've already called out. I would com- I would be right there with Hans Zimmerman, and I would be right there with Howard uh, Shore as top. Um, yeah. Now above them, my number one of all time would be yep. John Williams. I debated on
0: putting him on there, but I knew you were going to slap him on. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: the man has a talent and is basically birthed our understanding of the Star Wars universe. Absolutely, he we would not have the Star Wars we know today. Or or, let's just put it this way: think about when you hear that Star Wars intro. That was John Williams. When you hear the Doula Fates, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was John Williams with assistance from that somebody else was,
0: that was uh, John, yes,
1: yes, uh, or the Indiana Jones he did all those. I mean, there is a multitude of songs he's done um, Let's see here what else did we have? yeah, all the Indiana Jones he also did uh there was one that oh, caught me, he did a couple John, of the Harry Potters so, as well. He, he did. If I
0: remember right, it was the first and second one. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone and Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, so it was the second and third one. Yep. So he did those. Yeah. I'm a, I'm kind of a Potter head. So. <laughs> you know, that's another thing that we need to do is we need to sit down and do another podcast around movies and do a whole series on Harry Potter. That's would be needed. interesting. That would be future note. Talk about right. talk about the talk about the music in that one too.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, uh, he was the one that did it on Jaws for John Williams. That is
0: okay, uh, that, of course. E.T. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was huge for E.T. Yeah, I so, didn't like E.T. I don't know. I'm weird. I, yeah, I did not, you're not like E.T. One. Though. I don't know. It was, I don't know. He, he's kind of a funny-looking little creature. I don't know. It just a, <laughs> it was a weird movie to me. It's a, it's a cult classic, and there's a reason it, for it. It is. It is a cult classic.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So John Williams, uh, my number one composer. One I. Follow the most after, it, and I'm so glad they continue to brought him back for the new trilogies of of Star Wars, though others that have taken on the, the the helm of music composition for some like solo. I don't think he was part of that one. At least that I can tell. Um uh, or well, let's see, those were nominated. Where's all your songs? Here
0: we go. Was he part of solo? It doesn't look like it. Don't think he was part of solo, no. Anyway, uh
1: he may have a had a little thing. The only thing that and this is what is phenomenal about this guy when you go to his Wikipedia It doesn't show the songs that he, the movies he's been a part of. It shows his massive amount of award nominations and wins. (laughs) It just continues for pages, whether it's a Grammy Award, a Golden Globe, an Emmy, a BAFTA, uh, an Academy Award. And all of these have wins in the categories.
0: That that just kind of talks to his talent and, and success. Yeah. Just. Yeah. So he is—he is extremely talented. Extremely. Uh, I, and I've watched some documentaries on on how he creates his music. And there was one, him, Hans Zimmer, and there was another older composer. I think he passed, and I cannot remember. I can't think of his name right now. But the three of them were actually sitting down in a music room. And I—I've got to go back and see if I can find this documentary. I will send it but the three of them were talking about just their past and how they grew up and learning music. And the three of them began playing instruments in this room, not reading music, not have talked about anything, and they just they created a song in like 10 minutes between three of them. Jeez. They, had a, they had a piano, a guitar, and one of them was playing like a saxophone, if I remember right. And they just, they just picked the instruments up and they just started kind of Twilling around with uh, you know a few ideas and voila they had a song Their <laughs> brains just worked on a whole different level it uh-huh. was amazing it was amazing to see yep yeah
1: just talented people uh, yeah I the next one I would put under Hans and Howard um, but his work on the 2009 Star Trek
0: movie Yeah, the trilogy.
1: The trilogy itself. Uh, I gotta verify if he worked on all of them.
0: I I I know he did the I know he did the first one. I think he did the second one as well.
1: So your 2009 films. Here we go. So *Dystopia*, *Star Trek*, *Star Trek Into Darkness*. uh, *Star Trek*. So he was. He was all of them. Um, Okay, but yeah, how he pulled off. The music in the Star Trek's, and there's several other um, movies he's got under his belt here. Let's look at the films. Up. Uh, oh, is that the right one? Yeah, Up. Uh, he's done John Carter, Jurassic World. He's been a part of them.
0: That's some epic films.
1: Yes, some really good, really good f- films here. Cars so has done some um, animated movies. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, so he's part of that trilogy as well.
0: That's really cool.
1: Uh he was the one that wrote the sound or um wrote the
0: composition for Rogue One. So oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Cause that had an amazing soundtrack to it. It did. Very
1: it it pulled it still had original DNA to it, but it was unique.
0: And it was it unique was. in a good it was way. New. Yeah, it was new.
1: Yeah, it fit it very well. So yeah, I'd put that one. I put him, Michael uh, Giacchino. Uh, I, hopefully, I said that last name right. I've been practicing that. P-
0: pretty it. sure you butchered that.
1: <laughs> Giacchino. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we have... I'm, I'm going to list off the other, next three, but really, we're going to talk about the songs of, that I call out from the movies. Um... Raman uh, Jawadi, Alan Silverstreet, and uh, Rupert Gregson-Williams. Uh, and Raman did the Pacific Rim soundtrack, uh, which I think
0: fit that movie so well. So pretty well. Sure, pretty sure Raman is a DJ. Is he? As well. I'm pretty sure he started as a DJ, if I remember correctly. I am almost 100% sure that Jwadi was a DJ before he ever became a composer.
1: Interesting. Oh, interesting fact. I totally missed this on the Wikipedia. He is a co-sponsor, the music for System Shock 2. Co-composer. Co-composer for that music. So, hey, like this guy even more. Uh, but he's got he's got some awards uh, nominations. He won Emmy Award for Games of Thrones. That's really uh, cool. So yeah, he did Game of Thrones. He's got Prison Break, Prince of interest Jack Ryan, Westworld. Uh, he did Pacific
0: Rim, Warcraft, oh, Wrinkle right. of Time. He did do Prison Break. I loved that soundtrack. Yeah. So. I don't see anything on here that specifically says DJ, but I am almost 100% sure that I've heard this dude do some rave stuff, man. I, hey, he's sure.
1: It's not the past of maybe some people start that way or or they start however they want to and then they get into composing because technically that's what DJs are. They, they compose music just in a
0: different way. Yeah. So that's what I mean, that's what Marshmallow is. Yep. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he, he composes music.
1: But uh then we move on to Alan Silverstreet Uh I have him in here because of the Avengers theme song. Very very notable. Very, noble. very notable. And, and because of what he did in that movie, set the DNA for the future of the Avenger movies. Um just from the
0: first one. Yeah. With without his song, the Avengers would not be the Avengers.
1: Hmm. Would not. Would not be the Avengers we, we knew. And he's done several. Uh, looks like he's done multiples of the Marvels besides outside of the Avengers. But he, he of course, went all the way through. Uh, he did the, the Avengers. It does not look like he did um, Age of Ultron, but he came back for Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, yeah. But what's interesting here... Is one of the kind of nostalgia cult classics that hit in 20, uh, 2018, Ready Player One. He was the composer for that one.
0: I've actually still not seen that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh,
1: man. I it's a nostalgia
0: fest. Yeah. I never did watch it. Yeah. It's good stuff.
1: So, yeah, there's him and then Rupert for uh shocker to a lot of people listening, but Wonder Woman and tied into the Wonder Woman movie and also uh that brief theme you get from Batman v Superman. Uh just just fantastic with the deep drums um and how I would probably say would be the best intro theme and combo to the action that happened on scene of any movie I've seen to date. I got chills when I saw it, that scene. It,
0: it is really good. It is really good.
1: But yeah, that's that's my list of composers there. Uh, like I said, the, the last three mentioned um, I have in the list because of my like for their track. But honestly, if it was you know, hey, what is your what is your actual favorites? We would do John Williams, Hans Howard, then Michael, in that order. That's cool. So
0: I listed yeah. mine out in the order that they're supposed to be.
1: Just so. <laughs> <laughs> hey John, you already had a couple up there. So, you know, I had to work with what I got, but.
0: All right, guys. So uh, this is a much different podcast than what we have previously done in past. We do have a script that we're working off of, but we are also doing some new technical things in the podcast. Um, so I'm just giving some transparency. There's going to be some uh, issues. I know there is. So just bear with us as uh, Victus and I grow and uh, learn some new technology and how to do this. So um, this next section, basically what we wanted to do for this one is both of us have a love for music and we have a love for cinema. Uh, We wanted to kind of share our passion in uh, those different movies and those soundtracks that have captured kind of our hearts and attention over the years. And uh, yeah, so what we wanted to do was share some of those songs and just give you a little bit of commentary on how, uh, how we feel that the composers put these things together and what they were supposed to mean. And uh, with that, I'm going to kick things off with one of my top favorite films of all time, and that is Braveheart. So we're going to listen to a portion of each of these soundtracks. So keep listening. But this is the portion where William Wallace um, courts... Marin. Uh, Marin is his, uh, female love interest in the film. So let's go ahead and cue that up. Now for anybody that has actually watched Braveheart, um, pretty sure you guys know the song that we're talking about. Um, but The composer does an amazing job of bringing a really calm nature to this scene. So if you know the scene that we're talking about, William Wallace is setting with Marin. They're up on this mountain. And there is a flute that is playing in the background that, I don't know, it just captures the, the love that these two people have for one another. And it's all done through a musical instrument. Um, The affection, the love, just the uh, compassion that these two have for one another in the film. And I think the other thing that it really did, like I'm getting goosebumps right now just listening to this song. (laughs) Oh, I want to go watch the movie now. Um, But the best thing is there is a, a secondary flute that plays in the background. And... One of the coolest things, I think, out of this scene is the actors' eyes. The actors did an amazing job, the way that they were looking at one another, to show, like I said, how much they love one another. But you also see the distress in their in their life, because they know that there's a war getting ready to happen, and that this this love interest that they've got going on... Um, could potentially end very quickly because they know there's going to be some things that have to happen. So I think the composer did an amazing job just uh, bringing all this together with the flutes, the violins, uh, just the peaceful nature. So that's my take on it anyways.
1: Yeah, just listening to it, it starts off very carefree, kind of um, dance-like. What you can compare to medieval um, theme to it, and then you can see right there where it's very gets to a very um, slow and kind of you know you're trying to contemplate things you're um, trying to understand things deep kind of somber and then there's a yeah. good send off at the end of the song
0: yeah there is I, I really do the the entire song is well worth the listen so if you guys have never watched Braveheart um, if you've never seen this the the piece of the uh, the music that we're talking about here um, Definitely check it out. Like I said, I got goosebumps now just from listening to it. So, um, definitely one of my favorites. And then, next up, one of the biggest epic films to cinemas uh, back from the day uh, was Gladiator. One of my favorite films. uh, Really did an amazing job just showing the time era. And this song is called Honor Him. And it was actually um, towards the end of the film when the actor who played the general of the film, you have a, a moment where this general had basically done everything that he could and uh, came back into um, he came back into a, an era where his government was overthrown. Uh, There was a corrupt and crooked leader and he had basically become a slave. So really the only thing that this guy wanted to do was just be back with his family. So the the end of this song um, called Honor Him and moving back into Elysium, uh, this next piece is pretty amazing because the composers did such a good job of capturing his heart and if you listen to this opening piece with the vocals in the background and you've got what sounds like a maybe a harp playing in the background right now with those two instruments and the vocals playing through and at the end of the movie after the general has killed off the leader of the lands um he ends up dying and as he's passing you see him walking through these just bright wheat fields and he sees his family and the really cool piece about this with the the vocals the quiet little instruments that are playing right here uh, it just it really just kind of tied in the whole theme of freedom to me anyways you know, he, he's home. Um, He's where he wanted to be. Finally, he can no longer go through suffering. Um, He doesn't have to worry about um, being away from his family. And I I don't know, this, this is another one of those movies that man, it just gives you the children, so
1: yeah, I can definitely understand. like, as you're describing that, like I can pick out the parts in that song in this track. That mm-hmm. tie right to it.
0: Yeah, I, the the coolest. So the one scene that really stands out to me at, as she's singing right here, and she's especially right now, like the vocals are coming through, and and the 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 harp on the back end is playing. He's he's walking through this wheat field, and his hands are brushing through the wheat. And to him, uh, what what his facial expression is showing is. Uh, Like a sense of safety, freedom, I'm home, um, relief, you know, and and this is another thing that I think the composers do such an amazing job with is they take the actor's facial expressions, the moments of the film, and they add those sounds in there that create those emotions for us as the viewer. I mean, these are the things that I'm getting from this film anyways, so.
1: Yeah, Uh, 100% agree on that, on In particular, the scene and how this track ties into it.
0: Yeah, very well executed. Beautifully done soundtrack. I I honestly could just sit here and listen to this thing all night. But (laughs) we 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 have have others. We have others, and I don't want to you know make a three-hour podcast because um, yeah. So we're gonna move on to something a little more um, abrupt. And if you guys know the movie, then the Dark Knight series was one of the best creations in cinema ever. And Hans Zimmer did an amazing job creating Batman from sound. And when you hear this sound, when you hear this music, it screams Batman the Dark Knight. So the the opening theme of The Dark Knight Rises, it is... One of the most epic sound opening scenes ever. With that drum that's kicking in the background right now, with the violins that are starting, you hear the horns in the background. I think it creates a mystery because Batman is mysterious And then I I really do not know what this sound is. I don't know what instrument is creating this, but there's this large trumpet blast with a thump in the background going on right now. That's the best way I can describe it. But really for me, Batman was one of the most mysterious superheroes we ever had and probably ever will have. But he never had any superpowers. He was just a regular guy. And Hans did an amazing job creating this dark, mysterious, welcoming intro for Batman.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sitting here listening to it. And the particular track that you chose, Despair, I think plays right in the middle of Dark Knight Rising, where... Batman, I think, has lost his battle with Bane. Spoiler alert! Um, and is being carried off. And I think this one plays right during the moment where uh, the city has been overrun, uh, has been overtaken. Right. Um, it's basically criminal martial law out. <laughs> and yeah, the
0: whole the then, whole city has just lost its mind.
1: Yeah, whole city's lost its mind. But at this point, Batman is uh, Bruce is trying to become stronger to get out of the pit. And there's it's flashing back and forth between the scenes. And you could hear it in here from the drum beats to to playing Batman's theme that every time you heard that in, in any of the movies, it instilled it was a scene of hope, uh, a scene of, OK, there's something good happening right now um, related back to the story.
0: That was yeah. So that was another thing I was gonna say is uh even even though the song is called Despair, there's a there's a portion of this song about halfway in. Um and you said the word hope. And I don't know, it just it really reminds me of when somebody kind of gets that inner fight to them, like no matter what, um, I'm not gonna let this take me down. And uh I think Christian Bale did an amazing job as Batman in this scene really when he comes out on the other side as batman um because when he goes in and you see him in that pit and you see him kind of struggling and 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 just he has to he has to find the grit he has to find the the human nature of himself and, and really what he wants to fight for uh, i think hans did an amazing job to tie that music in and like you said give give hope to the viewers like um yeah it's batman he he's he's here all right
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah Yeah, I mean, it has it right there. To reveal it might even been right during when they light the. It really feels like that tone would light like when they lit the bat signal flame on the side of the bridge. But oh, then again, yeah. maybe not. And I think it was before that. So I'm trying to think of what would have been revealed. Well, um,
0: but you said even even when the bat signal um, was shown, the the sounds of the trumpets that that become really just resounding in that song at that point in time. Um, I think, like you said, just bring that hope. Like, hey, even though, even though city's lost its mind, Batman is here. Like there's, there's still hope. There's, there's still some saving grace. Yep. So good job, Hans. Keep up the good work, man. <laughs> so he was, he
1: did a wonder for that. Those three movies.
0: Yeah. Um, A favorite of mine this uh really surprising, probably for a lot of you that wasn't on the top of my list, but um Howard Shore, when he captured the sounds of the Lord of the Rings and put everything together, I don't think anybody else could have done what Howard did for the hobbits and understanding the Shire so just as just personally for me i I kind of this is probably my favorite. Part of the film is the introduction to the Shire. Uh, the Hobbit was one of the very first, first books that I ever read as a child um, by myself when I was able to read. Um, and it just kind of held a, a special spot in my heart. And I have loved Tolkien's work since I was a kid, but Howard did an amazing job of capturing um, all you older folk out there that have read Tolkien's work. I think Howard put the words from the books into the music, and we got to see that on screen. So, uh, this next song is actually from the soundtrack of Fellowship of the Ring, The Shire. Oh, and those violins that start right off the bat. Oh, I got mm-hmm. goosebumps, man. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's. It's so, it's subtle. I think there's a subtleness that comes to um, the intro here. But then there's a really cool shift that happens where, I mean, the first book is called The Fellowship of the Ring. And then you hear those horns that kick into the background. So we kind of shift from uh, the Shire being a quaint, quiet, um, very homey. Uh, And that's what Tolkien was really looking for, is the hobbits were uh, peaceful people. I mean, they were farmers, they were uh, readers, writers, you know, they they weren't big adventurers except for Bilbo. Bilbo was kind of a um, stand-aside. But this section right here that kicks in with those little bits of violins, the harps in the background that play... Just scream Hobbit to me for some reason. And why, I don't know. But there is a, a guitar and a a violin that is playing. And for whatever reason, it screams the simple the simple life of a Hobbit to me.
1: Well, and that's um, what I mean, you, you kinda nailed it right there, is that this entire track right here is the most homey soundtrack and homey in that it's feels comfort it it feels it, it, feels like you're comfort. home yes and, and so you're you know you're just you're relaxing um you're you're gazing out on a land uh your land uh what you're comfortable with yeah and, and or telling a story while you're there at it and it's that entire track
0: yeah uh it is very comfortable but i it, it also i think it kind of portrays the upcoming message as well as in this this is your home but it's not meant to be your home forever um there's a a little bit towards the end of the song that the song picks up um and there's some larger scaled horns that come in play and and when that happens it it kind of portrays the there is an adventure that is awaiting you. And there's a larger scale picture that's getting ready to happen. Um, So Howard did an amazing job capturing Tolkien's words and putting them into sounds. Uh, Very beautifully done.
1: Yeah. Did very well on that. Probably the most, um, there's some, there's some deep, tracks where it plays during battles or uh, revealing of a great area of the movie. But that is probably the most iconic of that trilogy.
0: Maybe in the whole saga. I would say there's only one other song out of, out of his soundtrack that I would hold over this one. And it was when Aragorn and Arwen were meeting in Rivendell for one of the last times before the fellowship uh, went out. It's when Arwen gave him her necklace. Um, and that, that scene between those two, the music that Howard put together for it, I would probably hold it just a little bit higher from this. Um, okay. Only, the only reason I say that is because Aragorn and Arwen were two favorite characters. <laughs> so
1: no bias there. No bias at
0: all. <laughs> at all. So... Um the next one, uh, favorite movie of all time. This is definitely my favorite movie of all time from um a sci-fi standpoint, and that is the film Interstellar. It's great. I have great it, it is it is a fantastic space movie. There is something about the movie that I connect with for some reason. Um I think I think Matthew McConaughey did an amazing job. As an explorer, there was something that he, he just did not identify with being placed here on earth. Like he, there was something out in the universe that he knew he was supposed to be a part of. And, uh, he, he did whatever he could to, to be a part of that. And, uh, yeah, it was a really cool space movie just in the general aspect of sci-fi and this, uh, soundtrack that Hans put together. Um, was one of the most epic ear-catching pieces that I've ever heard so this one uh, this song is actually called The First Step as it kicks off here there is a piano that plays in the background and there is an ominous mystery that plays with this song that really just captivated my entire attention with this film. And then there's an instrument that began playing in the background that tied everything in together. I mean, it, it, to me, tied life together. Almost sounds like a muffled organ. it It is, that is exactly what Hans found. He went to an old 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 Vatican style church and they let him play on an 18th century um full piped organ and they recorded the live sound in the church and that's what we're hearing right now <laughs> but awesome. in in this in the scene that we're we're seeing right here it just the whole explanation of Matthew McConaughey's character with his want to explore what is out in the universe like there's a bigger calling there's something else besides just an eight to five job he knows there's a bigger calling and a bigger purpose and hans did an amazing job just bringing that mystery together i don't know there's there's something about this song that screams life I don't know. There was just a, a big question mark in the movie of, of what Matthew McConaughey was chasing. Um, they got into time travel and, and different portals and family. And I don't know, this song just kind of screamed to me everything that family goes through, from the good times to the bad times, to uh, the questions and uh, answers that we, you know, when we sit on our porch at late night and we, we ponder life, uh, we ask ourselves you know isn't there is there anything else out there that song to me was the the kind of audio version of all that put together or was to me anyways
1: no i i can i see it as a you know you have the first uh it gets about twenty five seconds of a contemplation of a deep thought of a person thinking about what they want to do. And then you get into the decision-making that happens to about <laughs> 45 seconds next into it. And the last yeah, of that, it is that person taking that action. That Right. That,
0: like that you know, organ. A, just, yeah. The organ going yeah.
1: after it. Uh, yeah.
0: So, yeah. I don't know. There, there is, uh, there is something about this soundtrack, the, the organs. It is, it's so unique but it's also extremely organic as well. There's something about music, and when when a composer can take sounds and create emotion with it, there's an emotion behind all of this, and, and there's just something that connects human beings um, together through music. And that song, to me, it it brings a heart connection. So
1: probably one of the... I think there's two other tracks inside Interstellar. I think when he's going into the black hole. That one's amazing. And then the launch of the ship, I think is probably the two parts that I remember the most because of the soundtrack that is played during that time.
0: So the, the three big ones that really stand out to me are the black hole, the um, wheat field chase. Yeah. When, they first start the film, and they see the um, drone, the the unpiloted drone crash. There's a there's a connection, like there there's this 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 visual piece that Matthew McConaughey has with his kids of excitement, question, fear, um, a level of exploration, and he wants to know what what that drone is all about. But you can see his brain working, and and the sounds just recreate all of that emotion. So yeah, I think Hans. This is one of the best soundtracks Hans ever made, probably to date.
1: I I would agree with that. I mean, it between the cinematography we saw in the movie, combine that with the music. I mean, it's why is regarded as plenty, probably one of the best space movies to date. Yeah. Some I mean, for those that have watched them, I. I would put it above Space Odyssey 20, 2001 or 2001 Space <laughs> Odyssey.
0: And, and that's tough to do. But yes, I will definitely put this film above that one. So. For sure. All right. Next up on my list. I promise, guys, I am almost done with my list. and Pass it over to Victus. Oh, uh,
1: thank goodness. Oh,
0: I mean. Uh, the next one, um, for all you Trekkie fans out there, and yeah, I may get crucified for saying this, but uh-oh. Star Trek First Contact is the best in the series of the next generation crew. Get out. Jean-Luc Captain <laughs> Ca- Captain Jean-Luc um is is my favorite captain of all time. He he outdoes anybody and everybody that's out there. I grew up, you know, through the 90s with the next generation and uh Grew up as a kid watching those. There was just something about it. Um, really what stood out to me about Star Trek First Contact wasn't just the fact that it was the next generation crew. It was the the moment in time where uh, humanity found a bigger purpose than itself. And the the movie did a really good job showing what humanity can be. That it, it can be something else besides being self-centered. It can be something else besides a warring nation. It can be something else besides me, myself, and I. Like they created something to go explore the universe and connect. And and this movie did that. So I don't know. when When they remade the Star Trek theme and they added the first contact in here... The the level of detail that they put into the, the musician's hands, I think really rebooted Star Trek for me. So this next song is actually called First Contact, and it uh, it is very Star Trek-esque. Starts off with the horns. Starts off with a very somber, quiet really just kind of a a quiet tone that draws you into the moment. And this moment in the scene for First Contact is the very first time that human beings ever created a piece of technology that allowed them to do uh, warp speed. And it was the first time that they uh, had ever encountered alien race, and that was the Romulans. So... The mix of horns and the quiet somberness kind of portrayed to me what the human race could be. Like this portrayed the future that the Federation brought in Star Trek. How, yeah, there was still war. There was still, uh, you know, protection that needed to be. But there was a level of rebirth, I think, that happened with this. And this whole movie was kind of around what the human nature could be. And to me, the composers did an amazing job of tying um, future to past. And that was, that was kind of hard because that, that movie really did a, a good job of tying everything together without a lot of questions, but made perfect sense in the timelines.
1: I can see that. Um, It's been a while since I watched the movie, so my recollection of that scene is uh, almost non-existent. (laughs) Uh, But I can, like... It fits just the entire track itself. Um, And from watching a lot of the original Star Treks, the TV shows... um, the music style into the modern Star Trek, completely different than what we've, uh, I wouldn't say completely different, but it's just a different level than what we were used to in the TV shows and the um, next generation movies that came out. But yeah, just listen to this track. It's like, I can, I can hear and visually picture
0: those parts in that track. So the one word that stands out to me for this track, um, is trust. It's the one thing that really stood out to me for the entire film. There's a, there's a part where the scientists that created the technology from earth that created this warp technology, um, shook the hand of the Romulan alien that, that, that their ship spotted this, um, warp that happened on earth and they came down to inspect it and find out what it was. And there was a moment where uh, the Romulan stepped off the ship and uh, Cochrane, who is the, the scientist that created this, uh, stepped out of the crowd and walked towards the Romulan. And the horns that are playing right here just really kind of says truth to me because these these two had never met. And this Romulan holds up his hand and in classic Spock form says, live long and prosper. And, uh, of course, Cochrane, being a human and has never seen a uh, Romulan before, has no idea what he's talking about. He tries to do the hand thing and, and he can't do it. And he, he just holds out his hand and walks forward. And the Romulan reaches his hand out and they shake hands. And you can just see it in their faces. They, they don't really smile, but they just know, like, yeah, this is, this is a moment of, of trust. There's a, there's a confirmation that happens there. So no. you've been saying Romulan, but you actually mean Vulcan. I meant Vulcan. Uh, yes. I, I said Romulan, <laughs> didn't I? I meant yeah, Vulcan. This, is, this entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So excuse me. Yes, the Vulcan, not Romulan. That's what it's like. Uh, it's like,
1: I don't it's remember not
0: Romulans. No, no, no. Vulcans. Okay. Yeah, Romulans are not good. <laughs> I was like, most Romulans are for the really most part not nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vulcans. <laughs> okay. So yes, it was a Vulcan that stepped off of the ship. It's funny. I uh I don't know why I had Romulan in my mind. That's <laughs> too funny. So yeah, uh that was uh that was one of the best movies in series to me. That one uh that one just really kind of tied everything together and yeah, this song did a good job of of pulling in that whole I like said first contact, there was a first handshake between humanity and the Vulcans. We'll get it right this time. So and finally And finally, last up on my list is an older film, but a lot of you have probably seen it. And it was from a book long before it was ever a movie. And if you have not read the book, definitely, 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 definitely go read the book because it's way better than the movie. And the movie was phenomenal. Uh, And that movie is The Last of the Mohicans. Now, you're probably thinking, I'm listening to the podcast All Things Geekery. You would not think. Of probably ever hearing the term "Last of the Mohicans" on a geek podcast, but we're going to throw you a curveball. the The song "Promontory," that was uh, the theme song for "The Last of the Mohicans," um, did a lot for tying this movie in. So this this movie has an underlying theme of love, revenge, and war. And and those three things, and I would probably throw a fourth in there, of redemption. So those four themes really, really played out. Daniel Day-Lewis, probably my top favorite actor of all time. Daniel Day-Lewis actually plays uh, one of the uh, Mohicans that was part of this film. Um, so this this film really ties in family. It really ties in uh, a brotherly bond, love, and it ties in basically what a man will do to protect his family. And it really just kind of dives deep into the connection that this man has with his uh, love interest of the film. So this next song is called Promontory. And I love the drums at the opening entrance of this. This set the tone for the entire film right here. This mixed with the guitar, screams love to me. I don't know, I, this, this by far is one of the best intro songs for a movie ever created. This played out in a lot of different portions of the movie, but there's an opening scene, and if you guys have ever seen the movie, then you know what I'm talking about, where Daniel Day-Lewis is coming up against the British army, and his female love interest has been captured, and like a ghost through the woods, these Indians are extremely talented when it comes to warfare. They're stealthy. Um, they're they're peaceful people though but you don't mess with their families and through all of his actions of trying to protect and recapture his love interest in the movie um, this film brings that kind of dark side to what a human can do uh, when they're provoked into protecting themselves but it also screams love to me just the mix of the the drums, the guitar and you've got the violin in the background that that is one of the biggest underlying themes of this movie is love
1: yeah i definitely hear it well it it starts kind of ominous to with the drums by themselves and then it delves into something very light um with the strings gets more intense and continues the storytelling until you get to the end which is a revelation a connection a yeah. um, finale to it.
0: So. so, there's a there's a couple of scenes in the movie. Uh, you said um kind of what was going on in the time period, because the the British were they were invading, you know, the lands. They were capturing um, the Indian people. They were they were taking women. They were taking children, and the. The reason it's called the Last of Mohicans is because this group truly were the last of their kind, the last of, of, of this, you know, tribe. And they were doing everything that they could to stand up for um, what they believed in. And that was freedom, love, redemption, uh, protection. And... That that violin and guitar mix that's going on really just kind of brings everything together in all of the scenes that happen from the, the war that has kind of encroached on the lands to the redemption that is, is coming towards the end of the film. So very beautifully, beautifully done. It's
1: one I need to go back and watch. It's been a long time since I saw that movie.
0: Oh my gosh, I have seen that movie so many times. <laughs> so, yeah, compared
1: to the songs and tracks that you picked out, which were very, uh, f- very keen to the story, they told a story for the track. I've gone with a more, and this kind of tells of my personality, songs that drew immediate emotional response and connection to the scene yeah. they're playing. And it doesn't necessarily say the whole track. It's how they were brought into the movie and played during that particular instance. And you can see it with each one of my tracks that I have here. Uh, First on the list, of course, is going to be our uh, Star Wars Episode One. Don't Hate Me People, because (laughs) we're calling out The Duel of Fates. Uh, Besides the main theme... To Star Wars across all the movies that plays right when you watch the the story scroll up, um, and starts with the choir singing. You get into it; it's very intense, and it goes with the strings next. Um, and it's all during this battle scene between um you have Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Maul. And it's the entire playing out and the choreography of that fight scene with it throughout it. Uh, As the battle goes and wanes back and forth, so does the track. Gets to very intense moments where they're locked in combat to very almost serene moments where they have to take a break due to reasons.
0: So that one is number
1: one on my list right there.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the best part about that is it really shows, like you said, the emotional tie in to the film with the way the, the Jedi and, and the Sith are fighting with one another. Um, yeah, just emo- instantly emotional pull right to the action.
1: Yeah, and, and even even so much like right during the battle, you can tell in the track itself. About three and a half minutes into it, a little bit less, you know that is the spot that Qui Gon gets stabbed with the lightsaber yes. from Darth Maul. You can tell there's it; a, the, there's the vocals a shift. get intent. There's a shift, yes. immediate. Yeah, so you can tell that part. So it's this is uh, so much like compared to your tracks, which tell a story across the... like it kind of brings the entire movie into one track. This one is an immediate that scene and it tells that scene only right uh, about and
0: and tells it well um which is which is cool because uh we're, we're giving you guys a little bit extra on our personality here um in in different aspects of the things and the content that we consume um i actually didn't even look at it from that aspect when i was writing when i was writing this script and putting things down um A lot of the times as you, as you look at music and you enjoy specific things, you don't look at it like another person would for you. I wasn't even putting the two and two together that I enjoy, um, stories. I'm a writer. I love writing stories. I love playing games with stories. I love movies with stories, um, I tend not to like the movies that have instant gratification action moments. I like stories that pull you emotionally into an epic um, love scene or a battle or whatever it might be. And that's the way I read my books. But I didn't put two and two together that uh, I did that with my music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, really messed up in how you're describing and connecting your tracks back to your movies. Um, and then got to thinking about mine and my selection. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. an interesting yeah. comparison there, but yeah, so that's *Jewel of fates. Um, if, and you know, maybe the new generation of star Wars watchers doesn't understand. Or hasn't seen that movie yet, but, uh, out of all of them there, there's tracks along the way, episode two, episode three that reference back to that. And now we have the, now, um, Episode seven, eight, and nine that they reference back to the original score of Star Wars.
0: But the emotion amazing.
1: that's in this Duel of Fates is my favorite.
0: Yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with that one. They've done so, an amazing job. Um,
1: the next on my list are not so much in order of like my like of the track over the others. They're just as I typed them out on uh, the our outline here. <laughs> but this one is one that I think portrays this movie. Uh, I I just love it for how it connects to the monster mechs versus monsters, Jaegers versus kaijus of Pacific Rim.
0: This song just makes me want to go punch somebody
1: in the head. (laughs) I mean, it gets you you amped up. Um, It does.
0: And it fits so well to it. I mean, the first part with the guitar, it's just, I mean, you just want to like, Hardcore jam something right now. Yeah,
1: I mean it gets you geared up, and then gets into about uh, there it is, spot twenty three. You can hear it and in the movie. That's when, uh, Jaeger, Gypsy Danger walks onto the scene. Yeah. Uh, after battling the big, um, the big muscle kaiju and defeating it, he, Kai, uh, Gypsy Danger now goes after. The nimble flying kaiju, but it's, it's just entering the scene. The gypsy danger has a oil tanker in one hand. It uses it like a sword or like a beaten stick. <laughs> he, a what? He, he done. He done whoops. <laughs> he he done whoops somebody. You're next. Uh, but yeah, it, and it's the entire theme. It's it's literally called the Pacific Rim theme if you look it up on YouTube. But out of a movie that is just basically Big Max beating the crap out of big monsters or vice versa uh i think that really calls it out to it it's another one of those it was just like instant like oh yeah let's yeah. go
0: so well, and and a call back to what you said a minute ago where you were saying that the songs that you've picked out really emotionally tie specifically to that scene versus an overall story um I don't know if, if by watching Pacific Rim, it is one of the best mech movies ever. But as you're as you were talking just a minute ago, where that mech arrives on, or the you know the Jaeger arrives on the scene, I, I can picture the music playing to that. And I don't know, there like you said, there's an emotional connection to that specific part that really just made that stand out in the movie. Um, to whereas others that wouldn't have had maybe a, a section of mo- uh, music like that I don't even remember it but I do remember that yeah because because of the music yeah it's so cool how our brains work like that
1: <laughs> and, and that's a lot of these uh, my picks uh for the songs are I hear them above any other song Star Wars uh not included because the main Star Wars theme uh supersedes that but the others, I hear them and I immediately know the song. I'm starting to uh, recollect the memories of watching the movies uh, and the scenes they're in. That, that's why I picked these. Uh, so cool. and, and I could keep listening to that. Uh, next on the list is... <laughs> we won't get sidetracked. <laughs> uh, is probably the best... I would say the best theme song out of all of the Marvel universe for a movie. Now, there's some that have good themes, like they've taken pop songs and related it to people. Like, I mean, come on, the Black Sabbath theme for Iron Man or Black Sabbath song for Iron Man. Perfect. 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 Come on. But I specifically kept those from the list i kept these original compositions for soundtracks that were created just for the movie uh, and the avengers theme just so good you have the deep uh those have to be cellos
0: uh some string I'm, instrument it's definitely a string instrument i can't yeah. tell exactly what but let see
1: there's and then you have the horns uh
0: chimes uh-huh such a, yeah, there's such a good build here. All of it. The Avengers would not be the Avengers without this right here.
1: There's, uh, some drums in there. It's just, it, that scene calls right back to the Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Where, uh, where the Avengers, they play this a couple times and actually it calls it out through throughout, um, throughout the different tracks. But this particular one. especially towards you get to the end of it. That last like 30 seconds, so epic, because usually it's always revolved around you seeing the heroes. Um, and this one is Captain America, Thor, uh, Hulk, Iron Man, Black Widow, Hawkeye. Uh, all round up, ready to take on the Chikari uh, invasion force. Uh, just, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. Uh, but the, even before that, it was the build up, the, the, the kind of setup to that point. Like you could yeah. feel it get there in the movie and with the song. So
0: epic. epic. Absolute epic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just. Yeah, that yeah, the Avengers definitely would not be the Avengers without that song at all.
1: Yep, and it's taken and modified throughout each of the Avengers like they have on YouTube where somebody's taken uh, yeah. each one of the Avengers themes and put them into one, one YouTube video, and I sometimes go list to it just to hear the differences. And you can actually tell um, a little bit about story, the transition of the Avengers between each movie and how that yeah. is played into the movie. Whereas you get to end game and that's very, um, you can almost tell it's a final, a final yep. theme
0: to so the movie. The, the two, the two parts of the movies that stand out to me the most by hearing that is in the Avengers first film when the camera pans down with all of the Avengers circling up in New York city. Yep. You know, they they pan around and you get to see each one of them pulling up their weapon or their shield or whatever it was that just tied all that in together. And then the second portion um, tops that by a thousand, because in the very last of the Avengers, when Captain America says Avengers assemble, that song kicks in and it's like, I'm ready to go whoop some butt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. So, so yeah, you don't really tie that to a movie, but just, just that whole Avengers theme, whether it played yeah. during the like intro title, as the title came in, locked into place and you saw it, you're like, let's watch this movie. It was so yeah. good. Uh, so good. I think the next one is, uh, not so much, uh, a let's get ready, but, uh, I'm going to go with the, I'm here to help you type theme. Yeah, I can I can hear that. Yeah. But it's the, from the Transformers movies. I, you, I know you people out there listening have your opinions of the movies. But the score for Transformers uh, arrival to Earth and just the continual theme, because this plays throughout all
0: of them. Such an ominous build in the very beginning. Of it this.
1: is. Yeah, and it calls, I can remember the exact, because it, it's to its name. It's when the, in Transformers 1, where the Autobots are coming to Earth and you can see them all arriving in their different vehicles yeah. um, getting their new
0: transformer shapes there's there's something about a clash of a pair of symbols that creates such an ominous like there's some bad stuff getting ready to happen
1: yeah like the end of it you can definitely tell it's a, a reveal a um, cause I think in, in, there's Mike being here might be on a different track where it's uh, Optimus prime revealing himself in his full transformed form yeah. to the humans. So, but another one, those that, uh, it's, uh, just the tie back into the actual, like I said, people have opinions of the Transformers movies as far as just, uh, I actually am watching a freaking Transformers movie that's, right? uh, live action, uh, with CG this this uh, track here, you know, really sets it up. It is not a it's not a finale. It's not a battle scene, but it is an arrival of the Transformers, which was yeah. Uh, besides the battle scenes and everything like that, was the coolest part of the movie, first seeing Optimus Prime for the first time, CGI'd into movie
0: movie. So who is your favorite
1: Autobot? Uh it's really a hard one. Because, I mean, easy answer is Bumblebee. Uh, and it depends on which, which whether you're going comic book, TV show. I mean, there's a whole different set of ones and reasons. I'm going to go with Bumblebee. Okay. Uh, some people will just easy say Optimus Prime. But, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, Bumblebee, Bumblebee's a good one. Uh Jazz was my favorite. Jazz was a good one. I yeah, wish I they would have kept him around
1: longer. He would have been a good I, comic relief. I, I hated that they killed him off in the first place. <laughs> <So dumb. laughs> but then they brought in um uh what's his name?
0: Oh. Uh, uh Ironhide. I Iron, well, not Ironhide, no, it was what Ironhide? Um It was John Goodman's character, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, okay, we that. got to at.
0: He had he had the cigar and he did. <laughs> um oh my gosh. Uh what was his name? But well, you oh, said Hound. Dude. Hound, that's right. Yes, yeah. Hound brought some good comical relief to the film.
1: He did. And probably some of the best um comic relief in that movie. Like if they if if the first three transformers had not had uh different human actors and instead had the ones from four and five, regardless of the story, they would have been a s- so much better. Or, well, I should say if they kept kind of towards the original story, but changed out for kind of like a more family theme that we had going on and, and uh, four and five, right?
0: <laughs> there was uh, there was some risque. Uh, jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But but all in all, I I did really enjoy this series. And uh, again, you picked out another song that epically tied the emotion specifically to the scene. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Really Anyways,
1: cool. it, it was and it's also the kind of the Transformers theme going on out. There's certain sections of this track that continually get used throughout the next movies. In Optimist departing or it happens right at the end of the movie or,
0: or whatever it may be. So I mean, that, that theme song screams transformers. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. I would, I would go for,
1: for my feel for this track. It's more of an arrival. It's not, so, it's a here to help or it's right. a, we have finished and now we're departing or we're like, this is played. Right during the, the first three are Optimus continually sending out notate, uh, notations saying, we're here, we're here to help, uh, we're live, yeah. stuff like that.
0: So That's good.
1: Yeah, I really like uh, that one. And last one on my list and, and all of our list is, and you kind of got this little, sh- you got shocked by this one when I ended the Wonder Woman theme. but another I, I, one I did. That, this one uh, actually
0: kind of surprised me.
1: It starts... You hear it for the first time, the Wonder Woman theme in Batman v Superman. Yep. In Batman v Superman. Again, you have your opinions of the movie, but you hear it about halfway through when Wonder Woman's seen all the information dug up by Batman. And then you really get into the, the theme and it hits at just the right point when Wonder Woman reveals herself and protects Batman from Apocalypse. Um... When when she uh, uh, blocks with her bracers the the beam from Apocalypse, yeah. and then she's there. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go. It was great.
0: I I'm I'm st- I'm still trying to tie my brain together because what you're explaining <laughs> right now, I'm actually <laughs> watching the movie, and the movie's not even playing. Like yeah. I'm seeing the movie because of the music right now. That. Is so yeah. freaking cool and that just, your brains can and work. Honestly, that.
1: that's what I looked forward to the most in the movie, and they did it at, like the best pop uh, spots in the movie. Uh, for especially because it immediately starts off with very intense electric guitar, the deep drums, and that's it. Oh, but it's hardcore. just yeah, so hardcore that you immediately get into it. Uh, and play it out during. They played a couple times in the action scenes. Um, there's a couple towards the end that plays right into I think is the finale of when she beats war um but yeah uh it's 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 really just tied around that first like 30 yeah, seconds it. of the track
0: yeah I love the drums uh-huh. that just set it the did. tone for me in this one so cool, yeah.
1: Mine were much shorter about uh, not so much a story but an emotion that tied me immediately to that scene. Um, and that's why I have the list here. Yeah, there's some I could go find, especially for those grand spanning trilogies and um, story based. Movies like the Harry Potters, the Lord of the Rings—you can feel the story in those tracks, and absolutely they are up there on my list. But for immediate, um, my top soundtracks that I continually go back to, because usually I'm playing these for if I'm like gaming or um, uh, trying to research something, just kind of you know throw some you know keep me awake or <laughs> whatever it may be. I, I don't need to be distracted by a, a story, not that it's bad, or the story is is phenomenal <laughs> but yeah,
0: yeah, I think uh it, it's still really cool to me watching the the two different styles. My songs, like you said, are very story driven, uh, and the composers were pulled in for a specific reason to tell those stories. And like you said, yours um were very driven by that emotion to connect you to that scene that was going on right then and there um and it's so cool to to watch the difference in how composers can use those instruments and and how, honestly how the musicians can and uh create that you know if you if you have seen how a composer i don't know their brains just work in a different function and a different form to to see a whole sweeping room of tubas and guitars, pianos, drums, all of it. And their their brains just yeah. know what's going on. Absolutely. So amazing to, to connect yeah. all that. Yeah. It's some Uh-oh. really cool stuff. I actually have one bonus song really quick. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm throwing I'm throwing you for a loop. We're we're doing something different here. Um if you guys know Audible. Me, yep. I'm playing an Audible, throwing a long bomb right now. And this comes, <laughs> this is the main theme song from the movie Crawl. Ah. Uh, have, okay. have you ever watched Crawl?
1: <laughs> I have not.
0: But I was from you our are last a just,
1: hey, don't terrible oh, person. Oh, old
0: movie. You it are a terrible t- person. You should watch Crawl. Old movie. Doesn't count. Old movie. Yes. Long before you were ever born. <laughs> <laughs> so um if you guys have never seen this movie, um this is kind of the pinnacle of what an epic soundtrack should sound like that pulls you into a story. And it's called "Crawl," Which is cool because it starts with this ominous ominous set of kind of tubas playing in the background. And it really sets a dark tone for the movie. There's a level of Um, choir in the background that kind of it tells this story of adventure. There's horns playing in the background so it really just kind of builds your excitement for what's coming into the story. Um, The coolest part about this is the horns. Um, The horns tell the story in this music because there is a prince, a princess, Uh, an evil that is in uh, this prince has to go take out so to me these horns tell the story of a prince who is to become the king Um, they build in such a fantastic way and it just it really builds this story up to the final kind of glorious you get to be introduced to the king and the queen and really what what happens in the story is kind of epic because it's a sci-fi uh, fantasy space movie I mean it's, it's really kind of a space drama if you think about it so uh, what these guys did with their horns and how they tied all that emotion in is pretty phenomenal um, they really did a good job of bringing kind of a a hybrid movie together because it, uh, like I said, it's a fantasy, but it's also a a space drama. So uh, it's got everything from flying horses to epic sword battles, crazy space monsters, uh, traveling fortresses that uh, can teleport. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a far stretch film, but the composers did an amazing job of tying all that together. Again, uh, another song that I think tells a story versus just uh, an action moment that pulls your emotion to that specific scene.
1: I'll have to go, uh, maybe, maybe check out that movie.
0: No, there's no maybe about this. Like, uh, you should go check this movie. I mean, out. it was
1: what wheels 1982. Oh, okay. I thought the wheel was being invented about that time. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Old joke. Right. Old joke. All right. And I think uh, I think with the old joke, uh, let me go chisel some things in stone for you all. Sounds about right. So uh, while we uh, finish out this podcast, um, I think we should, uh, you know, tell everybody thank you. We should. What do you think? Thank you. I think. Oh, you yeah, want more of that? You. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, like our script says, we should thank the listeners. Um, So uh, this is from the bottom of my heart, guys. Um, We really do appreciate you guys. I have um, really loved doing the podcast over the last, uh, this is our third year. We are getting ready to go into our fourth season of this podcast. It is absolutely freaking mind-blowing that we've had this thing going for this long. Um, We were on the struggle bus for like a year with this thing, trying to figure out what we really wanted to be. Um, so I actually count this for our second and a half year because our first uh, first season was trash. Do not listen to any of them. They're awful, awful, awful. But uh, thank you so much for just the continued support. You guys have stuck with us for a long time, and uh, we're grateful. We really, really are. So thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for liking the podcast um, go out and share this sucker with your friends, guys. Um, it really does help the show grow. Um, go out and review us on iTunes, Spotify. Um, show us some love and support on that front as well. Um, and just again, thank you for everything that you guys are continuing to do that side. And thank you so much for listening to the show.
1: Yep, completely agree with everything detached is said. And, you know, we're just a couple of nerds and geeks that like to uh, talk about music, games, technologies, whatever it may be. Uh, And we'd greatly appreciate that you guys enjoyed listening to the show. Uh, And if you did enjoy the episode, you can be sure to subscribe to the show and drop us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, You can also connect with us over on Twitter, Instagram, or our website at allthingsgeekre.com. And those links will be in the show notes below.
0: Yeah. And specifically, connect with us over on Twitter. And you can find me. That is detached, or you can find Victus out there as well. Uh, Probably the best place to connect with us. And if you guys have any specific topics for future episodes, well, then we would love to hear from you. Drop us a note in our mail and we will actually talk about those in our next episode. If you've got questions, if you've got new topics, if you've got things that you want us to cover, let us know what those are. We will always check those social pages and we will check our email and anything that comes up, we will definitely give you guys a shout out in our next episode. But guys, thank you so much for listening again. And that wraps up this podcast. So as always, you guys stay awesome and we will see you